Blog Talk Radio. Why WWE's solution for the Universal Title match is terrible. 
Uh, but first, if we could just have a quick moment of silence. Uh, if you are a religious person, feel free to pray, even though, I mean, I'm not, but some people might be, uh, for Roman Reigns so, uh, in a speedy recovery battling this terrible disease. So we'll do that real quick. All right. So now back to regularly scheduled programming here. Um, Icon, I don't know if you've heard the announcements, uh, but the Crown Jewel, which is another, I, I guess, Crown Jewel, pun intended, uh, of a pay-per-view name. Um, I try to say that without gagging, but uh, again, another terrible pay-per-view name is going to be headlined by none other than Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar for the Universal title, uh, as if you were surprised. Yeah, and, like, uh, we really, really want to see that because, you know, here's the sad thing, and I just want to take a little time here. Uh, Our first guest is going to be calling in at uh, 9.15, but I want to just – I just want to talk about this real quick. I feel real bad for Roman Reigns because the the fact that Roman Reigns took so long to get the title, and now he had to give it up uh, because of a a disease, which is really, really sad. And – Unfortunate, I, yes, and, and it's a terrible disease. I mean, uh, you know, I've known people with it and things, and uh, you know, it is it is a tough disease to battle. Um, you know, obviously, knowing Roman, he doesn't look like he would have had that. But again, you know, you never know. Just based on how somebody looks at the outside, you never know what they're battling on the inside. And, uh, I think this was a surprise to everybody when he came out with this today. You know, and uh, to put it like this. Uh, I'm sure that kind of hits you a little bit like when uh, Edge had to retire, right? No. No, because no. I actually liked Edge. Um, I mean, and, and I mean, one, Roman Reigns is not retiring. He says he'll be back. Um, and two, uh, Edge was different. Edge was a medical thing with the neck, and, and uh, you know, Edge at the time – I, I think Edge hit me harder just because at the time, you know, I was just out of college. I was still young. Edge was still my favorite overall of all time. And, uh, you know, that news came as, as kind of terrible to me. This news, yeah, it's still terrible, but it's not, you know, to me, I'm just like, oh, well, that sucks. I don't I don't get to see every, every single show, you know, taken over by Roman Reigns. So to me, like, yeah, it, it sucks from a, from a, health perspective, but uh, from a character perspective, I'm fine with it, if that makes me not sound like a terrible person. You know, in a, in a way, it does kind of make you sound a little bad, you know, because you don't, you know, you you hate to see people have diseases of any kind, you know, whether you like them or not. I mean, I wouldn't wish anything on my worst enemies. Well, okay, I shouldn't say that because there is one of my enemies I'd like to see bad stuff happen to, but what we can talk about that at another time. But the thing is, uh, to me, it's just sad that Roman Reigns uh, uh, has this going on. It's just, it's just, not, it's just not right. It's sad. 
and I am sad about it too. Well, it breaks my heart because I, I, you know, I, I knew it was going to be like a triple threat match between Lesnar and Strowman and Roman Reigns, and now all of a sudden it's just going to be Strowman and Roman Reigns. However, all I can say is I hope Strowman just beats a living who out of Brock Lesnar because, you know, last week, you know, Brock Lesnar was not very happy with Ziggler and McIntyre, and you know, Paul Heyman was in the ring earlier tonight talking about Roman Reigns, and then he, you know, started talking about Brock Lesnar, and then out came Braun Strowman, and, you know, and then Drew McIntyre came out and took took out Braun Strowman. Well, you know, came out from behind, and, you know, I have a feeling that Braun Strowman is going to be interfering somehow, some way, in that tag team match tonight for the tag team championships against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose against McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. But it breaks my heart about Roman Reigns because, you know, guys, I'm very much involved in my Wrestling for a Cause organization. And, you know, we do shows for kids that have got cancer. Matter of fact, we just did our seventh year uh, anniversary show just last week. So, you know, um, it broke my heart when I heard the news tonight about Roman Reigns. So prayers for him and his family. The whole leukemia thing. My first dog, Mario. Now I'll, I'll, I will say, I didn't get my first dog until I was uh, 34 years old. But my dog Mario died of leukemia, so it hits me even more. Lots and, of prayers going out to Roman and his family for sure. So. You know. Okay. So. Uh, real quick here, uh, before we get off topic, uh, I'll, um, I will uh, go ahead and uh, give our guest list here. Uh, tonight we're going to have uh, Becky Phillips. Uh, she is a uh, independent wrestling referee. So um, uh, we're also going to have. Uh, Laura Loveless, uh, and uh, she goes by the name Siren, the Siren, and uh, uh, she's one tough cookie uh, when she comes out to the ring with her wings and everything, so we'll talk to her about that. And we're going to have Matt Pemsnick, uh, the new president of the Northern Elite Football League and also the president of the Fargo Invaders. So uh, we're going to talk to him. Um, and if you guys will give me a second here, I'll let you guys talk for a little bit. I got one thing to uh, take care of real quick. All right. So I came back right at the right time. Well, it would have been Granny talking to herself. Um, so oh, yes. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, hey, we all do it at one point or another. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So um, big news. You know, big news obviously today coming out of WWE. Uh, but uh, Granny, what? What do you remember as being the announcement, whether it's positive or negative, announcement that you remember that really shocked you, that really made you go, oh, my God, wow. You know, and again, it could be a positive news or negative news, but do you have one that uh, sort of stood out to you that was kind of a wow? Wow. (laughs) Caught me off guard there. Um, You know, I – 
I don't know, you know, just off the top of my head, I really can't think of anything. I mean, just, you know, I mean, there's probably been lots over the years that, you know, I've heard, you know, um, I guess, are you talking, are you talking like WWE or are you talking independent wrestling or, or what? I mean, because um, I mean, pretty I, much any I, I've got, I've, I've got, that you I, can I remember, it doesn't WWE. have to necessarily be WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, um, you know, tonight was kind of a, a shocking thing, you know, with Roman Reigns because, you know, I kind of like Roman Reigns, you know, but um, a lot of people don't, you know, but hey, that's okay. That's their opinion. Um, you know, I guess Edge probably was a big shocker, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, you know, when he had to, you know, because of his, his neck injury, you know, um that kind of ties in with, you know, Daniel Bryan, same situation with his yes. neck injury, you know, so. Yes, yes, Daniel kind of Bryan came back. That was, I, uh, that was cut, yeah, was, he, he did come back. He he was able to yeah. come back, so. But that was still a shock that when he, you know, because he worked really hard to get that championship belt. And, you know, the True. authority was like, you know, trying to find every which way, shape, and possible to keep him from getting that belt and, and keeping that belt, you know. So, you know, that was kind of a, a shock, you know, back in the day. But, um, you know, it's it, it's sad, you know, because like, like I was telling Icon, you know, I, I – you know, wrestling for a cause. We do shows for kids that have got cancer each and every day. Yeah. I mean, you know, we this organization has been going on since 2011. Now, granted, our anniversary show that we just had last week was not the seventh anniversary. This is like the third anniversary show we have done since WFC started. But WFC continues to grow each and every day. And, um, I just kind of want to throw this little shout out um, out my good friend Tim Rockwell, who is president and founder of WFC. I got word over the weekend that his mom was rushed to the hospital, and they've been having to run tests on her. I don't have all the details, but I know they had to do some sort of biopsy on her, and they're waiting for the results. I pray to God that it's not cancer, whatever's going on with Tim's mom because this lady is an amazing lady. She's like family to me, and so my prayers go out to Yvette and Tim and all the family. You know that that she's going to be okay. You know, so um, you know it's just sad news. You know, so I hate when my when my wrestling family is hurting in some way, shape, or form. You know, whether it's an illness, no. a death, or or whatever. Do you know where Icon said he was going? No, he said he was. Oh, he. Oh, are you are here. Back. I, I, Icon, we have two callers on the line. I'm not sure if it's both of our guests calling in simultaneously, or if one's a regular caller or what. But I was going to put them through, but I was waiting for you to do the introduction. All right, I'll go ahead. And I, have a, I have a six. Four, six, I have a six four six. I have a six four six and a four four three. Uh, I believe the four four three is our guest. So. All right, well, let's try 646 first from a caller standpoint. Uh, New York City, area code caller, what's up? 
going on, guys? Long time listener, love the show, love the work you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it took leukemia to finally get Roman Reigns over to the WWE universe, but it's an unfortunate incident. I just wanted to get you guys hot takes on everything. What do you think this does to the WrestleMania? To the forget Crown Jewel, it was terribly booked. But going forward with the product, what do you think this means? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let us bring our guest on, and then after our guest, so we can answer that question for you. All right. Well, yeah. That's well, good. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, this this the landscape. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't really do anything because I mean, yeah. As much as you feel for Roman, and as much as you, I you know, obviously you don't want to see. You know, uh, uh, any human being, you know, go through this. Um, you know, you, you you should have some sort of a battle royal. You should have some sort of a a match for stipulations or some sort of something. But the fact that you're giving it to a Roman, uh, excuse me, not Roman, uh, Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar again, it just kind of like, ugh. Like we've seen this chapter so many times before, and you know, at, at this point, you know, you, you pretty much gotta think, okay, well. Lesnar's coming back, so is this match a one-off? Uh, who knows? I haven't heard anything about him in UFC. So now it kind of makes you think, all right, well, Lesnar's going to win it again, and it's going to be boring. Or you're going to give it to Braun Strowman and be like, well, that was kind of the plan all along. So for me, it doesn't really change much of a landscape because this is a two-man company now instead of a three-headed monster, and uh, it's going to continue to stay that way with everybody else sort of living in the shadow of, of two guys that – Really, they're going to have a hard time getting out from under team. Good point. All right, thanks for thanks for calling and uh, keep listening. Uh, uh, we we want you to keep calling in, uh, but like I say, we got our guests to go to, so we do appreciate it. Keep listening. No we, we love we love you having you. Awesome. Okay, so Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is our first combatant of the night. She gives new meaning to the word one, two, three. I'm going to count your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Becky Phillips. Hey, Becky, how are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Now, tell me, was that not the best introduction you've ever had in your entire career? I got goosebumps. It was awesome. Awesome. Okay, so uh, what we do is after uh, I, I give the, inter- the guests the best introduction they've ever had, we let them uh, tell us a little bit about themselves, and we ask them the tough question. So if you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, then we'll ask you the question. You want a little bit about myself now? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> um, my name is Becky Phillips, uh, referee. been a referee for three years, started with MCW. Maryland Championship Wrestling, which is based in Joppa, Maryland. I now um, train with the Ring of Honor Dojo down in Baltimore. Uh, it's a new school that opened up in the middle of this year. And still going. <laughs> All right. And uh, now, uh, in your uh, in your short time uh, being a referee, now, uh, did you is that is that something you just wanted to start out doing, 
to become a referee and then eventually become a wrestler, or is the referee just what you want to do uh, from now on? <laughs> Being a ref is definitely what I want to do from now on. I never really had a clear picture. I never wrote anything down saying, you know, this is my ultimate goal. All I know is that I went to a show in 2014 at MCW, and I was, I'm a baby of the 80s, so the whole wrestling starting in the 80s, like, you know, Saturday Night Main Event, um, oh, my God, Rockin' Wrestlers, the cartoon Saturday morning. Hulk Hogan's Hulk, like, Rockin' Wrestling, yep. Yes, oh, my God, and just being bombarded with wrestling as a kid. It was, like, a huge part of my childhood. When I went to a show in 2014, I stopped watching during the Attitude Era because I didn't. I wasn't a fan of that. So when I went to a show, it was a clear good guy, bad guy. You knew what was going on in the ring. The whole crowd was just so incredibly into it that you got swept in, and I felt like a kid again. And all I know is, like, once I saw that show at Maryland Championship Wrestling, I wanted to be part of it. So I gave myself three months. I'm like, all right, Becky, if you're still thinking about this after three months, Go sign up, go train, and see what you can do in the business. And I couldn't stop thinking about it, so I went, signed up, and here I am now. So being a being a referee, uh, now uh, do you do uh, just women's matches? Do you do tag team matches? Do you do male wrestling matches? Uh, do you do gimmick matches? What kind of matches do you do and prefer to do and like to do? I do every match, which is amazing because if you go into a state where they don't allow um, female and male talents uh, in the ring together, it's so cool that I can be in the ring with with anyone because I'm I'm the officiator. So I can do any type of match. My favorite matches to do, I like tag teams. I think that is incredibly challenging, and I'm constantly on alert for anything going on because it's not just the two people in the ring. I also got to be mindful to the competitors on the outside to make sure that they're in their place and that they're not, you know, doing anything that's, that's illegal. It's it's more action for me when there's more people involved in the, um, in the match. So now being a, being an official, we know that, uh, you know, you get, you know, you get your fair share of, uh, crowd reaction, whether it be, uh, you know, being distracted by those that are wrestling, distracted by a manager, and they they say this and that and the other. How do you personally deal with that, or how do you take that? Being distracted. Well, no, if uh, if the crowd gets on you, they start booing you. Uh, how do you... Oh, gotcha. I completely tear myself apart inside my head. If I get uh, a negative crowd reaction from the crowd, it really gets to me. It's a learning experience. And as a referee, you know, we know that wrestlers are divided into categories. You know, babyface heel, crowd favorite, they let the crowd decide what they are. 
if you were to put yourself in one of those categories as an official, because we've had heel refs, we've had babyface refs, like a good example, a heel ref, Nick Patrick, babyface mm-hmm. ref, Charles Robinson. Yeah. How would you, what category would you, would you put yourself into? I like the third one you gave, the crowd favorite. Okay. I definitely let the think, crowd decide what you like. Yeah. I, I definitely think that um, for the most part, I'm pretty baby safe. But at some venues, like I'm, that's the word I'm looking for. After a crowd sees my, the way that I officiate, how incredibly strong I am in the ring and how uh, down the line I am and by the books, I think the crowd really gets behind me. And I wouldn't say appreciates my calls, but, like, they they respect the calls I make in the ring. After they, they see a couple minutes of me in a match being so straightforward and just, I guess, aggressive, especially as a female. I think once I get in that ring, I know there's a preconception with some people, like, oh, it's a girl. But then, like, if someone gets out of line, how aggressive I can be toward them on letting them know, like, hey, you're about to break a rule. I'll call this out. I think the crowd really gets behind me. Which brings me to my next question. Say that you're refereeing a match with the icon, me. And the icon gets in your face because he did not like what you told him because he was violating a rule or you didn't like his finishing maneuver, the junk punch him in the man business. And I were to get in your face, how would you handle that situation? Or any wrestler that gets in your face. But I'd like to know how you'd handle the icon if he gets in your face. I'm the boss that you're admiring. And if I don't – and if I have the ability to DQ you and to stop the match. Ooh, better watch out, Icon. icon (laughs) Wow. Better watch out, Icon. uh, And for people uh, people that uh, uh, have uh, have not checked out Becky uh, and will have you give your uh, information, like where they can find you here in a little while before the interview ends, but I want to say that uh, Becky is a blonde beauty, uh, she, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, but I know our fans are thinking that you have got to be probably the hottest referee I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, you have these, you have these big, beautiful eyes. You have this great blonde hair with a, with a ponytail and, uh, you know, the icon made you a card. What was your impression of that card that was made for you? <laughs> it was really nice. <laughs> And I have to ask, well, actually, a fan asked me to ask you this, and then I'm going to let the Big Swing and Granny Hulkster ask you a few questions. I'm going to come up with, I'm going to hit you with the hard ones. You have the coolest tattoo on your your wrist, the bat signal. Tell us about that. On my left wrist, I have Batman. And on my right wrist, I have Superman. And this is actually an icebreaker for me. I didn't get it for this reason, but it's definitely a, a bonus. Whenever somebody asks me about my tattoos and they say, why do you get them? I always say that I, I got them so that when I'm bored, I act like they're fighting over me. <laughs> well, that's cool. 
you know, and uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I did not think that was going to be the response, but I love it. <laughs> it's 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 really really awesome. I thought maybe it's because you could say if these two have battle, which they have, we know that Superman versus Batman. I could oh, yeah. the match, and I could really enforce the rules between these two individuals. That's what I thought you were going to say, but I love your That is so cool. Stuff. I can start using that if I already used the line before. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can also say, uh, I got these tattoos because uh, the, these guys protect me from the icon when he calls me at 2 in the morning. And they help me with my restraining order, but what we—that's that's a discussion for another time. Because I know that you're willing to drop the restraining order, which is nice. So, Granny and Big Swing, what do you guys got? What do you guys got for our guests? And I'll uh, ask some others, and then we'll uh, have her do the liner, and then we'll continue. Well, first of all, welcome to the show. And I am not a. This is Granny Holster. I am not a wrestler. I am just a huge fan of the wrestling business. I have been for many years. I got this gimmick name, as you want to call it, about probably 17 years ago from a coworker because they knew I liked wrestling. And my original Granny shirt is like, what you going to do when Granny Hulkster goes crazy on you? You know, that's my original one. And I've got one that says Granny Hulkster Queen of TCW. And then I've got a, a friend that does wrestling shows over in Oklahoma for kids that have got cancer called Wrestling for a Cause. And I've got my Wrestling for a Cause shirt with my name on it. But that being said, what has been your most challenging match you've ever had to referee? Because I have a friend that is a female referee, and she's a very over here. Um, she lives up in Kansas, and she comes to Oklahoma a lot and does refereeing for different wrestling shows. So, I mean, what's been your most challenging match you've ever had to to do? Hmm. It's challenging. I'll say one that I was most nervous about was a match down in Hollywood, Maryland. It was a fire company, and it was the main event, and it was it was a build up. Like it was completely um, natural on the progression of that what happened. For some reason, like the whole crowd there adored me. So the match before I got punched by Joey Mercury. So oh the next match, yeah. Pretty awesome. The next match was Steel Cage, and it was Joey Mercury against the Bruiser, who was um, the champion at the Paris because it was, it was like a receipt. It was, it was me getting back at at Joey, and that was the most. I I was so scared of that match. That match made me so nervous, and I was more nervous walking toward the cage. But once I got in, it's like I'm at I'm in my office. You know, like I felt common collective once I was in the ring but it was getting to the ring that made me so nervous because I'm not the biggest fan of attention on me that's why I like being a ref I'm in the background so the fact that the attention had to be on me because it was a big deal for me to be the referee for that match that was super challenging I was that was the most scared I've ever been most nervous I've ever been wow well, say Granny does not like the heels I do not like the heel wrestlers I do not like the heel managers I've had some very interesting interactions with managers 
And even refer- some referees I've even had some very interesting interactions with, you know, over the over the years at different shows that I that I've been at, you know, and I I I, I love I love this business uh, and I love helping it make fun for the other fans too, you know, that are there, you know, so And uh, Big, Big Swing, Swing what, uh, what do you got for what, what do you have for our guest? I don't even know if he's there because he, on sometimes no, on he's doing nights, double duty. He's doing double he's duty doing tonight, double so he may not even be there right now. Well, here's what we'll do then. Uh, I had sent you a script uh, for a liner yeah. that we're gonna. Uh, we'll go ahead and take care of that now. I'll count you down from five, and then uh, if we have to do a couple takes, we'll do that. But since I started sending our guests the script. Uh, we've only had to do one take, so we'll see what happens if you're ready. Yep, I'm ready. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Becky Phillips. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. See, and the cool thing is awesome. because you said their names, because you said their names uh, after mine, I can edit them, their names out later. I'm kidding. He's I'm not going to really do that, Becky. He just he says that every week, but he's really not going to do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Becky, here here's uh here's a a question I ask all our independent wrestlers whether they be managers, wrestlers, referees, promoters. Every time I ask this question, no one wrestler has ever answered it the same, which is interesting. So that's why I always ask it. So I'm going to go ahead and put this to you. We all know that the WWE is the big dance, what most wrestlers dream about doing. However, when you get to the WWE, you know, they tell you, you can do this, you can't do that, you can talk to these people, you can't talk to these people. They basically control all aspects of your life. As an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny and get to do what you want. What is your feeling on if the WWE were to call you and you were to get that million-dollar contract, is that something that you want to do, or do you want to stay independent? I want to get as good as I can be. I would love to be at the level of, like, Earl Hebner, um, just completely just dominating my craft and just, having so much confidence and being able to walk into a room and people know who you are and respect you and you can give your knowledge to others to help the business grow even more. To be with WWE would be obviously the pinnacle for a lot of people's careers. I would absolutely adore that life. I would be smiling 24-7 if I had that type of life because – I would be 24-7 learning my craft, getting better, being the best I can be at the skills that I have to contribute to the business to make it better. And I would 1,000% give that back to the business just to keep it, keep it rolling and just to make sure that it's always progressing. To have that lifestyle would be a dream of mine, just like it's a dream of a lot of people I run across in this business. Now, because we know that you have the drive, 
and you are just a astounding individual. And like I say, I'm not saying this because it's you, <laughs> but if you were to get to that point, and I, we know you're going to get there at some point, would you still be willing to come on our show, still be our friend, and not one-up us or not big-time us when you get up that, to that point? <laughs> if I ever got to that point, my personality would never change. I would always adore everybody that I've ever met during my journey. And if I could be on your show, I would absolutely love to be a guest again. But of course, there's there's contracts and there's stipulations if you're part of that, that world. So if I could, I absolutely would be a guest again. And that brings me to my next point. We do, uh, we do want to have you back on again. Uh, it would be around, of course, um, March or April when we have um, uh, our an opening again because we're booked up from now until April. I would like to stay in contact with you and have you on again, so we can keep uh, keep in touch with you so we can monitor your progress and know that we've been with you the whole time and not just call you up when you become, when you get to the WWE, that's not what we're about. <laughs> we'll stay in contact with you and uh, we'll do this. Now Sounds awesome. comes, now comes the favorite part that I ask all of all our guests. If you can do it, would you be willing to send us uh, some autographs for giveaways for our big December show that we got coming up? Autograph pictures of myself? Yeah. I got to get them then. I don't have any pictures of myself. Okay. Uh, well, when you do, would you be willing to send us some? Absolutely. If that's my challenge, I accept it. Okay, and then what I'll do is I'll send you uh, I'll send you the address where to send them to when you get them, and whatever you can send us. Of course, you know just because of my ego, you can sign one to the icon, and then four <laughs> others that we can do for giveaways. You know, I can add to my scrapbook. <laughs> the only thing that you have not ever you have not done to this point is uh, most guests uh, do. Uh, give me their contact number and you haven't done that yet. And I can understand why, because you don't want me calling you at three in the morning, but <laughs> what would be really cool though, is if you could forward me your phone number, I'll forward you the address. That way I can stay in contact with you and I can keep, I can text you uh, when our next opening is, and then we can have you back on again. Okay. Sounds great. Now, comes the cheap plug promo of the interview. What do you got out there that our fans could check you out? You got a Facebook, you got a Twitter, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube. What do you got out there? I've Twitter. got Twitter at Becky the Russ. I've got um, Facebook, Becky Phillips. And I have Instagram. I hate to say this. I forget what it is. Well, well, let me punch that up real quick. 
uh, I forget what it is. I get 25 <laughs> hits on that. There's 25 other people are using that. Which one is you? No, I'm kidding. 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 <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what it is, but I just love to hear your laugh. I don't know what it is. I, I, I remember how, uh, I remember how hard you laughed when I sent you that picture of me flexing my muscles. I remember how you were hit just hysterical on that. But, uh, real quick, we have four minutes here left with you. When is uh, your next event? Tell us about it. Can our fans get tickets? Do you know when it is, where it is? What do you got? Ooh, next, next event. Uh, in November, pretty heavy with uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling. So if anybody goes onto my Facebook page, Becky Phillips, always posting the next events that I'm going to be at. Um, November 9th and 10th is Maryland Championship Wrestling um, Armageddon Tour. And November 4th is Primal Conflict Wrestling, which is going to be up at in Philly, if anybody's in the Philly area. So this is the next two or three that are that are coming up. And I do have a good friend that lives out in Philadelphia. His name is Carson Wentz. So I'm sure you've heard of him. Or not. No. <laughs> well, he, he just happens to be the, the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. But Okay, good. I don't know sports. <laughs> I thought he was oh. in the business. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know him. No, I don't know sports. But you do know sports entertainment. I yeah, but not like football or baseball. <laughs> well, that's cool. Now, real quick, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. Uh, and then uh, I just sent you the information on Messenger, so we can stay in contact. When you when you're refer- refereeing an event, uh, do you is it you and another referee? And you guys rotate, or do they say you're going to be doing this many matches? Or do they say how many matches you want to do? How does that all get put together? Uh, the main events I go to, it's a group of refs, like three or four of us. Uh, at the beginning of the of the night, we all get assigned our matches so that we can go introduce ourselves to who we're going to be in the ring with. Um, maybe once in my career have I ever, like, marathoned an entire show when it was May. And we all know that uh, in the group of referees, we all know that you're the hottest one. We know that. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm paying you guys to say that, in which case, thank you. <laughs> well, that's okay. So we, uh, we, we do want to thank you for uh, being on the show tonight, and I'll stay in contact with you. And we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and I know you got your training and your push-ups and your sit-ups and your bench pressing 300 pounds and all that stuff, (laughs) drinking raw eggs, whatever you referees do to get in shape. So we do appreciate you joining us tonight, and we thank you so much. I thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Becky. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Becky Phillips, ladies and gentlemen, the hottest referee in the entire business. Ladies and gentlemen, I my heart's all a flutter and I am definitely definitely got a big crush on her. Anyway, just like I do all our female guests, but it's it's just in my nature. So, Granny, 
question for you. Yes. You know, we have two holidays back-to-back in December. December 25th, of course, is Monday, and uh, January 1st is also a Monday. We are going to be taking a week off, which would be the first week of January. So I was planning on having a show December 27th, whether it be in a trunk-gated or what. That's on a Thursday. I was going to ask your availability on that. December 27th? It's a Thursday night. Okay. Um, let me look at my calendar because... Because um, I know you do... I because what? You do a show on Wednesday night. Because, well... I, you know, I'm a member of the of our Moose Lodge here in the town where I live in, and Thursday nights are our meeting night. But let me look and see. Okay. Okay. Moose, um, Moose well, Lodge. More than likely, um, I'm usually done before nine o'clock. Um, you know, on a Thursday night. Now, however, that's two days Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we might do our meeting. I don't know if we'll do our meeting. Sometimes we have meetings on Sunday afternoons, like over the holidays and everything. Uh-huh. So I will, I will let you know. I, I should be available, you know, cause like All I right. said, we have our meetings at seven o'clock in the evening and that'll be the last meeting of the month. So I would be done probably before nine o'clock if uh um, right. if we have our meeting that night but i will let you know and if you and if you have to call in a little later that's fine uh big swing how about you <clears throat> where speechless. did he go he can't, he can't believe it he was just there anyway i know he was so our oh i'm here our, i'm, I'm okay. around i can't do i can't do thursdays Okay. Is that what we're talking about? Thursdays? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Thursday, because of, because I, of Christmas. I mean, because of Christmas. Hmm. Well, I mean, I can put you guys on if you want to do a show, and I'll run the board. But I've I've got I run karaoke on Thursday nights. Unless, wait, what date are we talking about? Thursday. Twenty seventh of December. Twenty seventh of December. Two days after um, Christmas. Yeah. So. I will be working. I was going to say if it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or something, not that we would probably do a show, but if you guys were feeling diligent, um, then I, I would probably be able to quickly do something. But, yeah, if it's two days after, I'll right. definitely have to work. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, If you could, but if you could do the, run the board, we, we could take it. But the of thing course. is, the, yeah, the reason why I'm saying that is because I don't want to go two weeks without doing a show, you know, because we have I don't Christmas, blame you. Uh, Eve on Monday and we have – New Year's Day on Monday, so uh, we you are. You guys got any snow up there yet, Icon? We did, but it's gone now. Oh, okay. And our ne- our next guest should be calling in here shortly. Uh, yep, I'll so patch him through. Her when they, when they when they get her, I will I will uh, patch them mofos through. So, anyways, um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to keep track of all these new WWE pay-per-views, huh? You know, it's 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 yeah. kind of like they're making all these new ones, and uh, you know, the 
it just goes to show you the state of affairs within the company when they have to bring back DX in order to get ratings. I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? Right, and it's really stupid, but anyway. But we'll figure it out. We'll get it we'll get it taken care of. So, like I say, both our guests have confirmed uh you know, tonight, and uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Becky was, you know, was pretty interesting. You know, I want to, uh, I want to talk real quick before, while we're waiting for our guests to uh, call in. I was at the fully loaded wrestling event last night, and uh, the the female wrestler, Kira uh, Nora, uh, won the championship belt. And when she won the belt, Sylvester Fox and his group that he wrestled for, they all turned on him. So, for for losing the title. So, I don't know. And I still have a bounty, a bounty out. I'm putting it out right now. For anybody that hears my voice, I'm putting a $100 bounty on any wrestler that can come and take out Kiera Nora right now. And I'm hoping it's, uh, I'm hoping it, I hope it's Onyx. There's a hundred dollar bounty I'm putting out right now because I want, why, why, why do you want, why, why do you want him or her or just Kiera taken out? She will not be a guest on our show. Why is that? She, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't do podcasts like ours, she says. What does like ours mean? I have no idea. But huh. uh, I just found the word our guest should be calling in right now. That's fine. Uh, so, not like ours. So, I'll put another hundo on it, too. <laughs> so that's 200. Um, right. And, Icon, um, so remember, that's 200. Um Caller is on the line here. So, again, I've got to just finish up this Monday Night Football game. They're getting to the waiting minutes. Uh, so I'm going to step to the other studio quick to do that. Uh, but I'm going to patch you through, let you do y'all thing that you become so known for, and we'll go from there. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, you can hear her nickname anytime a fire truck or a police truck or an ambulance comes down Main Avenue. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the lovely siren. I give you Laura Lovelet. Hey, Laura. How Hello. Are you? Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. So uh, what I do, uh, what we like to do, once uh, we give our guests the greatest ring, in-ring introduction they've ever had, I'm sure it was for you. I know it was. Uh, we Thank let you. Them I tell appreciate us a that. About, we let them tell us a little bit about themselves, and then we ask the tough questions. So if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll ask you the question. Okie doke. Um, I am located in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's my home base. Uh, that's where I got my first start wrestling. Uh, I was trained by Brandon Kay. He still runs a promotion up here called Rise, R-Y-S-E, Wrestling. And I've been wrestling now for the last two and a half years. 
And do you do just singles competition or do you do tag team as well? I do not have a formal tag team partner. I have done some tag matches, but I don't have a formal tag team partner. And the reason why I ask that is because I would love to be your tag team partner because, you know, I have a mask, you know, and I usually just break, I, I usually just break it out on the weekends, but I, I would love to be your tag team partner. I think that would be great, you know. What would your uh, name be and what would your gimmick be? The icon, of course, and I yeah. have, and I have a, you know, we could be a mixed tag team, and I have the best finish maneuver ever. It's called the junk punch him in the man business, and we cannot be beaten. <laughs> uh, I like the idea. Um, that is quite a finish. Uh, would you be able to do that to Joey Ryan? I sure would. <laughs> I would like to see that, but okay, we'll, we'll we'll test that out. Awesome. Now, when you wrestle, would you consider yourself a baby face, a heel, an in-betweeny, or do you let the crowd decide what you are that night? Uh, I let the crowd def- defy that for me because there's definitely times when I have been the heeliest of heels, and uh, I don't know what it is. They just like it when I wear uh, my uh, purple and black gear. Uh, I, I can't uh, really identify it. I could pull a girl's hair, poke him in the eye, kick him in the – am I allowed to swear on the show? I should ask that. Yeah, yeah, you are. Sure. Of course you can. I could kick him in the ass. It, it's just sometimes it just really depends on the crowd. I'm, I, I have their heart, which is funny because I'm loveless, but – which, you know, and the, the interesting thing, now, Loveless is your real last name, or is that your uh, gimmick name? That's my gimmick name. Actually, this is the funniest thing. I was in a band before I ever entertained the idea of being a wrestler, and I had uh, Loveless tattooed my, my, down my spine. It's still there. It's the only tattoo I have. So when my trainer when we were working out one day and he's like, do you submit like on your back? And I said, Oh, that's my tattoo. He's like, what did that say? And I said, it says loveless. He's like, okay, well that's your, that's your wrestler name. And I said, really? And he's like, yeah, if it's on your body, forget it. It's on, it's, it's there. I'm like, okay. And now the reason why I asked that <laughs> is because I don't know how familiar you are with the TV show. Wild Wild West from back in the, the sixties, but the, Bad guy that they always were tracking down. Their last, the last name of that family was always known as Loveless. Like in the oh, movie Wild Wild West with, yeah, the movie Wild Wild West with Will with Will Smith and uh, Kevin Klein. The the bad guy's name was Arliss Loveless, and every huh. other show they were they were always tracking or going up against a somebody Loveless. That's interesting. I never knew that. Um, I remember seeing the Wild Wild West as like a little kid and it being terrible. <laughs> but now that you uh, talked about the like the original show, I might have checked it out, like the 1960s version. I'll definitely uh, check that out. Actually, what inspired that was actually a film called The Loveless. Um, it's a biker movie uh, from the 80s. So, Granny, real quick here, 
uh, we all know how you feel about the heels, so we want to have you. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. I don't like. We want to have now, you now, ask my, now, now, our now, mind you, now, now, mind you, Laura. I am not a wrestler. Just so you know that I am just a huge fan. Yes, I have a gimmick name because I like to holler at the bad guys or bad girls or whatever you know. And I, I, I do it pretty well. You know, I, I can talk some pretty good smack if I have to. You know, so. Um, what has been your most memorable match or your most challenging match in the years that you've been wrestling? Um, I would say definitely most memorable had to be with my match with Kimberly. And that was about, I think, two or three weeks ago. Uh, that was a high profile match for me. And, uh, it just goes by Kimberly. Yeah. Kimberly. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing, uh, an amazing talent, an amazing worker, um, definitely uh, somebody that I had always hoped and dreamed to work with, and I got the opportunity to do that at uh, Real Shoot Wrestling a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was very intimidated, but I've met her once or twice before. Uh, we didn't work each other or anything, but just in passing, and she was always mm-hmm. exceptionally kind and exceptionally humble, and just always had a really great deal of, of advice, and I didn't want my match. I was terrified I threw something up because I was just like, oh, God, I don't want to seem like I'm, I, I'm like, uh, you know, a screw-up in front of Kimberly. Please, please, God, don't let me screw up. I didn't. The match was really good. I was really happy with it. Um, she has great chemistry. I think that she's able to share with anybody, and yeah, I was terrified that I would screw up, but knock on wood, nothing bad happened. It was a good match, and I was very happy with the result. <clears throat> All right. Well, awesome. Let's introduce our guest here. We have uh, uh, 18 minutes here left with you. We all know that every wrestler has a finishing maneuver. We want you to tell us the name of your finishing maneuver What's involved and how you execute it? Okay, so I have a couple because this is important. You need to have a couple because you never know who else. If you travel a lot and you work different promotions, I guarantee you at least once somebody else is going to have your finisher. And it doesn't matter if you add a little thing to it. If it's too similar, you got to be able to. Yeah, I have a couple. My favorite one, and the one that is pretty challenging to do, is a modified go to sleep. And what happens oh, is I have the, right? it's a modified one, so I don't need them in midair. What I do is I have them draped across my back, and I spin them off of my back, and I go down to one knee and lead their face into my knee. Oh wow. Sounds like a position I, I'd like to be in. <laughs> I don't. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> oh. I don't think you would, Icon. That sounds pretty vicious. I mean, you know, it's a pretty serious move. Now, what I like to call it is the siren song, because it leads you, you know, essentially to your doom. So okay. that's my favorite finisher. Uh, one that's kind of hard to duplicate. Um, Another one that I do, uh, I do the spear. 
Uh, I love the sphere, and I'm working right now on the senton, but that's going to be brought out in a big match, so I don't want to give too much away. Okay. Well, she doesn't want to give her secrets out, Icon. Got you. I got well, a YouTube page. I got to make sure I get those views in, so you know, got to pull them in. Well, yeah, and we're going to have you uh, just before uh, we let you go. We're going to have you tell us about. Uh, we'll have you tell us about all of that. Speaking of your next match, when is it? Where is it? Actually, and who is it against? It's actually going to be at Pittsburgh's Fright Fest this weekend on Saturday. And I will be there uh, representing Rise. And it looks like my opponent is going to be none other than the illustrious Jinx. Is that for a title? No. But it is for Halloween, so we're going to pull out all the stops. Have you, in your short time... Have you uh, won any titles? Uh, have you gone after any titles? And do you have any title shots coming up in the future that uh, you're going for that you want to try for? Uh, current or uh, the last title I held was the OCW Women's Championship. Um, I unfortunately was defeated by uh, a gal by the name of Katie, and uh, I lost that title unfortunately in April. Katie Arquette, who is a local here in Pittsburgh as well. Um, and we know that she got screwed in that match. We know that. Oh, it's okay. I really tried to cheat my hardest, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. So it'll be all right, though. I'm sure at some point I'm going to get that back. But um, I'm up for the R, uh, the Real Shoot Wrestling Women's title. And it looks like, I don't know, I think if I could beat Kimberly, I might have a good chance of getting it. Well, here's good news for you, and I'll give our, our I'll give our fans an update on this. Any guests that we've had on our show, whether it's was within the next week, month, or a couple months or weeks or days, every guest that we've had on this show that went for a title after they've been on the show has won it. Now, here's our record. We are officially now 300 and oh, that is some interesting odds. So are you, you like a wrestling bookie? Down. Are you are you are you a wrestling bookie? <laughs> are you are you putting the muscle on some of the promotions that you hear that we have upcoming matches, and you're like you put the screws to them to make sure you get things in your favor? Do you have like money riding on this? If so, I want to. <laughs> I don't. But there is one thing you might be able to do if I can ever get you to Fargo, North Dakota. To take out uh, uh, Kira Nora, uh, I have a we have a two hundred dollar bounty on her. Uh, she won't Ooh. come on this podcast, and I want she just won the title this weekend. Uh, she beat a male. She's holding a male uh, male championship uh, for fully loaded wrestling. I want to see her taken out because she won't be a guest on this show. Maybe I can get you to come and uh, help with that. I think I can do that. I've done my fair share of intergender as well. I think I can definitely help you out with that. It just depends awesome. on the promoter I'll, contacting me. And I, I will definitely, I will definitely be your manager for that, and uh, I will help <laughs> you win the title. Okay. All right. So we have uh, we have fifteen minutes here or ten minutes here left with you. Uh, I had sent you a script uh, to do a little promo. 
Uh, we're going to take care of that now, and then uh, we're going to ask you the real tough questions. Okay, let me make sure I got that script. All right, and I'll count you down from five. We have to do a couple things, so we'll do that. But since you have the script, we usually don't need to do more than one. Just make sure it's up in front of my face. I don't want to miss any words here. Mm. And what a lovely face it is, too, by the way. Oh, thank you. Oh, here we go. Okay, ready? Hey, this is Laura Loveless, your siren. You are listening to the Attitude Era Live with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Huxler. Hulkster. Hulkster. How you want me to re- you want me to say that again? Yeah, five. Okay. Four, From the top three, or just uh? Just just Granny, then I can edit it later. I'll probably okay. just edit both their names out anyway, so it doesn't matter. All right, five, four, three, two, one. And Granny Hulkster. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Great job. Thank you. Uh, Laura Loveless is our guest here. We have 10 minutes left with her, and we're going to make this the best 10 minutes ever. I got to ask you, the icon made you a cool collector's card and sent it to you on Messenger. I have to ask you, on that picture that that was used in the card, there's actually two of them. Can you tell us a little bit about the wings? Is that is that part of your costume? You wear those to the ring, or how does that work? Yes, I actually built those. Um, I designed them so they'd be light enough for me to carry to the ring, and I wear those to the ring. I do not wear them in the ring. That'd be a little cumbersome, but uh, I made those by hand. Oh, it took a lot of hard work, and I also made a black pair for my other gear. Um, and, and was uh, that the title that you just lost? Yes, that both of those pictures actually, funny enough, were from the my, my match at OCW that I had lost the belt to Katie Arquette. Oh, that's who you're kicking in the little picture? <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I, I, I'm happy you cropped out the portion where half her butt is hanging over the rope. I'm, I'm, thank you for that. I, I try to be a little nicer about that. Okay, well, yeah, I, I that part of the picture I blew up and put in my private collection. No, uh, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> and so here, here is the question I ask all independent wrestlers here. And as I explained a little bit ago, nobody, no wrestler that we've had on is answered this question exactly the same. It's been different from everybody. We all know that the WWE is the big dance, and we all know that's really a goal for uh, wrestlers to get. But when you get to the WWE, they basically can control. They basically control your life. They tell you what you can do, who you can talk to, this and that. They control your life. As an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny. Do what you want to do. What is your thought if the WWE were to call you up tomorrow and say, "We want to sign you"? Is that something you want to do, or do you want to stay independent? I would definitely take up the opportunity. I think that's a good opportunity for anybody to take. Um, it's a good, it's a good kind of uh, measuring stick to see, you know, what you can tolerate as a performer. Because, quite frankly, you know that you know wrestlers usually are very protective about 
what they want to be, how they want to be perceived, everything in between. Um, to be able to kind of exercise your creativity and, you know, somebody to tell you, no, this is what you're going to be now. How do you make that work? I think is, you know, it's an awesome opportunity and it's a big challenge. And if you can make it work, then why would you need to leave the WWE? If you're over, then why would you need to leave? Now, if you don't and, you know, maybe it's back to the drawing board and maybe the WWE isn't for you and maybe you can be such a proficient, you know, and creative wrestler that you don't need the WWE. I think what we've seen at least in the last, God, five to six years especially, there are wrestlers who made a name for themselves who are making WWE figures that did, did never worked for the WWE. They're, they are their own, essentially, corporation, and they made it work. So, I mean, it's not impossible on the other aspect of that either. So the next question is, if you get to that point, and we know that you got the drive, and I know I, I, I tell everybody this sounds like a broken record, but it's true. All wrestlers that we've had on the show have the drive to get there. My question to you is, when you do get there, that we will still be your friend, you won't big-time us, and you'll still be willing to talk to us when you sign that million-dollar contract. Of course, because you have to. And, I mean, there. If you do you remember a documentary? Um, I can't remember its name right now, but it was about all the heavy metal uh, rockers um, – Near like the late eighties, and it had Ozzy Osbourne. Oh yeah, it was, had, uh, it was it was on VH1. Yeah, when uh, I can't remember which rocker it was, but he like sat in a pool and drank a whole thing of vodka. I remember that. That was, I think, the guitarist. Oh God, Hem Helmsworth, Hemsworth, something. I, I probably can't remember the name correctly, but was, um, was it Hemsworth? Yeah, something like. That. Yes, yeah, it was because he killed an entire bottle of vodka. He was the same guy that was married to Lita Ford, and she beat the shit out of him. I remember that. Right, exactly. Um, but Ozzy Osbourne was on that too, and he said a quote that really stuck with me, and I'll never forget it. And it was, you know, remember the people that you see, you know, on your way up, because they're going to be the same people that you see on your way back down. And I'm probably misquoting that by a couple of words, but honestly, it's very true. Um, You need to be very aware of that because everything can change in a heartbeat. And you better have been nice to people because you don't think that people will remember certain things. They do. That's awesome. And that's (laughs) worth to live by. And, uh, you know, if if I can, uh, I'm actually going to use the way you quoted it. They're actually doing a documentary about me. We had a independent director on a couple weeks ago that's doing an independent director, uh, an independent film documentary about myself. And I'm actually going to use this recording on that as like a tagline or something somewhere in the middle. I'm, if I have your permission to do that, I'm going to do that. Oh, go for it. Awesome. Now comes where the icon likes to beg and plead real quick. If I were to send you, if I were to send you an, uh, an address, would you be able to be willing to send us some uh, autographs for giveaways for our big December show that we got coming up? Sure. I could do that. Awesome. And You're then lucky. Also, I just took new promo picks. 
cool. And then if you could also send me your contact number, because we do want to have you on again uh, with us, uh, because this has just been awesome, and we uh, we love the time that we've had with you. Uh, and wrapping up here, uh, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out, uh, you got a Facebook, you got a Twitter, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube. What do you got up there? I got the whole nine yards. So you can find me um, Instagram the underscore real underscore Laura underscore Loveless. Twitter is at Laura underscore Loveless. Facebook, you can find me Laura Loveless uh, and in parentheses a siren. And my YouTube is just Laura Loveless. You know, I, I like the uh I like the uh all the, the different uh, underscore stuff. That's that's pretty cool. Uh I had I had to make sure that I was uh different from all the other Laura Lovelaces there. And the real one, I am the only real one. Oh, so there's there's someone trying to steal your gimmick. I get it. I get it. There there's a bunch out there, but I mean we all know. We all know who's the who's the real deal here. Yeah, and I know I know what it's like when uh, someone tried to steal uh, steal my gimmick. And real quick here, because we got three minutes here left with you, uh, I have personalized license plate that say Icon on it. And uh, when I tried after my car accident, when I tried to get them back, someone had tried to get them. And I said, "Wait a minute, I am him. I created it. That he's not the Icon. I am." I own the name. I created it. It's me, not him. And they're like, prove it. So I showed them my my Visa card with my icon gear. Oh, well, okay, it's you. So, you know, they gave me my license plate back. If I would have lost my license plate, I would have been really upset. Then I would have just sent you after the DMV, too. Oh, I've never had a knock on wood uh, a situation that bad. Uh, no, there's, there's other Laura Lovelaces, not wrestlers, but uh, they're models or Instagram models or something. I don't know. Anywho, I mean, there's only one wrestling Laura Loveless, at least one that I I have never seen any other one, you know, come across. Awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, Laura, we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule today. And we know that uh, you want to get back to your training. Uh, I know you said you do 50 sit-ups, 50 push-ups. You can bench press 500 pounds, which include bench pressing me. So we do we do appreciate you uh, joining us, and we thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a fun time. Thanks awesome. for being on our show. And we'll definitely have you on again. Thank you. Thanks again. Have Bye. a good night. Thanks. All right. Laura Loveless, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Laura Loveless. An icon. They're not wasting any time here. We do have the other caller on. It's a 701, just like you. Yep, that would be our other. If you want to put them through, I'll introduce them. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, our third combatant of the night. He's the reason why I have a bumper sticker that says, Matt Pesnick is my president. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Matt Pesnick. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey, doing well. Now, tell me, was that not the best in-ring introduction you've ever had? It was the best I've ever had. Awesome. 
So what we like to do is after uh, we introduce our guests, we like to have them give us a little background about themselves, and we uh, ask them some questions. So if you want to tell us a little, give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll uh, ask you the tough questions. All right. Well, sounds good. I'm living here in the uh, Fargo, North Dakota area. I'm currently the president of the Fargo Invaders, which is a semi-pro football team here. And then um, just a month ago, got elected as the president of our league that we're in, the Northern Elite Football League. So things are going pretty well um, with the uh, football team now entering its sixth season and the league as well, which is entering its 12th season. So with being the president now, uh, was that were you elected by the other owners, other presidents? Were you elected by uh, the front office? Were you elected by the players in the league? How did that all come about? Yeah, so the uh, Northern Elite Football League is governed by an executive committee, which is president, vice president, treasurer, and secretary, and then the administration committee, which is each team that's in the league has a vote for who they want um, filling those positions as well as any votes throughout the year as far as bylaws or rulings or things like that. So it's really a team-driven league, and I was nominated and unanimously elected as president by all of the other member teams. So whether it's other presidents or owners of those teams, um, that's who they're trusting in myself. Now, how long is the uh, is the term? Is it a one-year term? Is it a four-year term, two-year term? How long uh, will you be holding the office? So it's a one-year term, but there is no term limit. So uh, I assume if I do well this year, then I, I would be elected back. I think the previous president held it for multiple years. So um, I, I, I foresee this being a, a longer-than-one-term uh, presidency. Now, as president of the league and president of the invaders now would some say that uh that might be considered a conflict of interest or not or does that work itself out i mean it it works itself out because all of the voting when it comes to kind of studying rules bylaws things like that each team has an equal say so even though i'm the president i don't actually like dictate any of the rules and can't really necessarily uh, fix the league for in favor of the invaders because ultimately the invaders are just one vote out of all the teams in the league. So um, there's not not really any conflict of interest as as much as some of the teams in the league like to say about former president Chris Kelderman coming from the St. Paul Pioneers. A lot of teams like like to uh, blame the uh, Pioneers' goodwill on him being president, which. Ultimately, isn't isn't the case, but it's a it's a good excuse for teams to to use when they're doing well. And I'm sure if the Invaders start doing well and start bringing home some championships in the NEFL, um, we do have two previous champions or championships, but just joined this league two seasons ago. So once we start winning championships in the NEFL, I I'm sure we, I'll I'll be getting some of the same commentary. But ultimately, it's a team-driven league, so the Invaders just one of those teams in the league. All right, Matt Pensnick is our guest. We have about 35 minutes here left with you. In How long have the Invaders uh, been in existence, and how did you start with them? 
So the Invaders, we just completed our fifth season as an organization. Um, I got started as one of the co-founders, um, so myself and Shane Stevenson. Um, there was another team that was in the area that we played on, um, and ultimately the, the captains of that team, we all lived in the area. We all lived in Fargo, um, and we were like, okay, well, um, it seems like something that we could all kind of come together and put together and uh, we didn't want to set up the team with an owner and have kind of one person um, set the rules and kind of guide everything. And then if that owner ends up losing interest or getting too busy with life and with family, then the team ends up dissolving or things like that. So um, when we set up the team, we ultimately wanted to set it up as a board of directors. So right now we have eight board of directors as well as a general manager who's our ninth board position. So that's kind of our sustainability for the future. So Shane Stevenson, after a couple of years with the Invaders, ended up moving to Montana for family reasons, but the team was able to continue on without skipping a beat just because of the, the structure that we have set up with our, our board of directors. And then underneath our board of directors, we have a, a business operations and a football operations to kind of help run the day-to-day side of things. So, um, yeah, just just got through five years. In 2014 was our first football year. Um, we won the MPFL, the Midwest Premier Football League, and we went 8-2 and two that year. Um, 2015, now, you played on that team, five. I did. I played tight end in 2014, and then 2015 um, was our worst year in franchise history. We are right around 500. Um, and then... After that, we really hit the trail recruiting, got a bunch of former NDSU players and um, former Cobbers, former uh, Dragons. So started out a bunch of college talent in between 2015 and 2016. And then 2016, we absolutely um, destroyed the league that we were in. Um, we ended up scoring 444 points in our 12 games and only gave up 24. So it was blowouts just about every week um there's only one team that scored on us all week so majority of the time is about 42 to 0 score scoring of our game so it was a fun season um and after that season going undefeated uh that's when we decided to make the move up to the northern elite football league uh, which is one of the best leagues in the nation uh there's been multiple national champions that have come out of out of our league, and even even just last year, the Minneapolis Warriors ended up going eight and two during the season. We beat them in the regular season, as well as the St. Paul Pioneers beat them, uh, but they did end up winning the championship in the end. And even with the two losses, they still got invited to a national championship game. So, just shows how respected this league is um, that a team with two losses can still get invited to a national championship game. So. Very, very tough league, very uh, well-respected league, and that's part of the reasons why we moved is to just have some of those opportunities. Um, so our first year in the league, I think we did pretty well. We beat the St. Paul Pioneers 14-0. At the time, they were the, the seven-time defending champion of the league and also had been to three national champions championships. Um, so we, we were able to beat them 14-0. to It was the first time they were they'd ever been shut out um, so that was an exciting win for us and our program. Um, and then we also split with the Warriors, who ended up winning the championship that year as well. Um, so it didn't, didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. 
Um, and then just this past year, 2018, uh, we ended up beating the Warriors again early in the season. Uh, and then we lost to the Stu City Stampede and the St. Paul Pioneers and then won our first playoff game against Northland Bulls before losing in the semifinals to the Sioux City Stampede, who were the eventual champions. So Sioux City Stampede is a very good, good program that they have. This was their first year in the NEFL as well. They had won their league championship in 2017 before moving up to the NEFL. So similar to us, how we won a championship in the league we were in and then moved on. Um, they did the same thing a year later where they won their championship and then moved on to the NEFL. Um, so they did end up having a, a loss during the regular season, but ended up winning out um, through the playoffs. So hats off to them. Um, and really all the all the teams are going to have to step up their game. So how many teams are currently in the league? And uh, as president, are you trying to find other teams? Uh, so right now we have seven teams. Um, they're seven of the strongest teams in the area. Um, the aforementioned Minneapolis Warriors, St. Paul Pioneers, Sioux City Stampede, ourselves are definitely the, uh, I'd say, the four favorites um, going into next year. Um, they're the four top teams of last year and top four seeds. All four teams were in the semifinals, um, so I would see them being the same. And then Northland Bulls are, would be the, the fifth seed from last year. They're back the River City Rough Riders, as well as the Med City Freeze are the sevens. So um, sevens, I'd say, on the lower end as of right now in comparison to some leagues. But I I think all seven teams are, are, are happy with the teams that are in the league. Um, just looking at a quality over quantity perspective. Um, last year we had a couple other teams in our league. However, it was either not competitive on the field or some of the teams actually ended up facing some forfeits. So um, definitely something that we don't want. Um, so with these seven teams that we currently have, all, all seven teams are very strong, both off the field with their business practices inside as well as on the field. So if we end up with just seven, I think it will be a very strong seven. Um, but right now we are currently um, seeking and kind of checking out interest with a few other teams as well. Um, eight would be ideal, so it's a round number. We can have east and west divisions or north and south, however it may break out, um, and even up to as many as 12. But, again, if we if we stick with seven, I think we'd be be satisfied with the quality of, the, of those seven teams. And uh, how many states are represented in the league? Right now we have four states. So we have... North Dakota, which is our Fargo team, and we have Iowa, which is the Sioux City team, and really they, they're Sioux City is right on the corner of South Dakota, Iowa, and Nebraska, so it's almost three states right there, and then we have a couple teams in Twin Cities area, so Minnesota, and the fourth state is Wisconsin. We have a couple teams in Hudson, Wisconsin, and La Crosse, Wisconsin. Now, would you know? You mentioned that you have seven teams, and you're you're trying. You would like to have ideally eight teams. Would you ever think of trying to find a team uh, to represent Montana for the league? Probably not Montana, um, just because <clears throat> it's, it's there'd be a lot of space. Even even for us, the Fargo Invaders, right now, currently we're the furthest west team. 
And for us to get to any city in Montana that's close enough, it would be about a 12-hour drive. Um, so and that's just for us. And then you'd have to add another four hours for all the other teams. So unless we were to add another four teams out in the Montana region, and they would have their own essentially Montana division, and then there would ultimately end up being some crossover in the playoffs. At at our level, I just don't foresee a team from Montana being able to join kind of by themselves. All right. Uh, well, we have Matt Pesnick. He's our guest. And he, as president of the Invaders, uh, and uh, I'm proud to say that uh, I I do work for the Invaders. Uh, basically, whenever you need any spot filled in, whether it be video or audio or comic relief or the chain gang or what have you, uh, you know, I'm always there for you. Can you tell us uh, when the schedules are made, when uh, when uh, the invaders will find out uh, their schedule for this coming season, and when the season starts and when you have your uh, pro days or combine, as they call it? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, just uh, thank you for your uh, time and effort that you do put in with the invaders, um, with with the Fargo Invaders, it's we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and um, nobody on the on the team on the staff paid. So none of the coaches are paid, none of the board members are paid, none of the sales or marketing or no positions on the business side are paid. So it's all 100% volunteer, and the players actually end up having to pay a player fee to help cover some of the costs for bus chartering and field rental and refs and everything else of that nature. So. So it's always great to find volunteers that are willing to be involved and have a passion for football and for the team. So certainly appreciate that. And as far as scheduling, our next league meeting is December 1st. Um, so that's that would be when we have any new team interviews, essentially, if there's teams that are applying to get into NEFL. Um, we would interview them and decide who we'd want in or out on December 1st. And then after that meeting, uh, start figuring out if we want divisions or how we want to schedule or structure the schedule, and then from there, ultimately get the schedule built out. So December 1st is kind of the key date for all of that. As for the Invader schedule, um, we will have a NFL-style combine in January. The exact weekend or date has not been set yet, but that has the traditional combine drills where we have our our laser time, 40-yard dash, our vertical, our broad jump, three-cone drill, pro agility, our bench press. So kind of covering off all the all the bases um, that the NFL goes through. And then from there, um, we'll start our off-season practices after the Super Bowl. So obviously a lot of the uh, players on our team that play football are also interested in football. So um, let everybody kind of enjoy the playoff weekends in – in January and the Super Bowl in February and look to kick off indoor practices the, the first Sunday after after the Super Bowl. Um, so we'll practice once a week until we hit April time frame. And then our first game would likely be the – typically our first league game is the first weekend in May, so probably May 4th. Last year we did have a, a non-league game as kind of a preseason game or as kind of a warm-up game essentially in April. So we might look to do that again. 
And then also at the beginning of April, I may also look at having a scrimmage, which we've done with the Grand Forks team, the Tri-City North Stars, the past two seasons. So might like to do a scrimmage with them as well as a, a preseason game or a non-league game before we get into our league play. Uh, league play is typically May through middle of July, and then the playoffs typically start the the last one or two weekends in July with the, the championship coming the first or second weekend in August. And when you uh, when you have your players, do you uh, usually get a verbal commitment for players that are returning, or do you uh, do they usually wait and decide like closer to the season, or when do you try and uh, contact your your current roster for who's coming back and who you may need to replace? Yeah, and we usually try to keep a pretty good pulse on that, um, just to see where guys are and see see how things are going, things like that. I mean, obviously, every year we want to get out and recruit. Um, being in Fargo, we're pretty fortunate to have three Division two or better colleges or Division three better colleges here with NDSU Bison, Concordia Cobbers, and MSUM Dragons. Um, so it helps to try to get some of those players. We've we've had quite a few or quite a bit of a success with the Minnesota State Community Technical College in Fergus Falls. Um, we probably have about 10 to 12 players now um, from there, so that's been a, a good hotbed. And um, I mean, I, just based on the pulse of the team, so we did have a game at U.S. Bank Stadium earlier this month on October 7th. Um, so just based on that game and kind of how things came out from that, it I would say a majority of the players are coming back. Every every year you get guys that, that don't come back, whether it's um, getting up there in age and time to hang it up and be done with football or whether it's just uh, something with life, whether you're having marriage or kids or things like that. And and some players that are on our roster ultimately end up finding other career opportunities that take them outside of Fargo or, or uh, even some players are – just don't see the uh, invaders as a as a fit um, based on talent and ability um, to get ultimately the the playing time that they're that they're looking for uh, because these these players are giving up every Saturday essentially the whole summer so being in Fargo there's pretty heavy lakes area just a half hour east so um, ultimately if you're if you're kind of scrapping for some of the player or playing time and lower on the depth chart you really start to consider is it is it worth my time and effort kind of dedicating the summer to this um or would I like to see my weekends at the weekend at the lake or whatever so so some players might might just uh choose to not play based on potential playing time or things factors of that nature too so every year we're always bound to lose between 10 and 15 with with things going on but I'd say as long as we retain or keep our core 30, 35 guys and then bring in another 10, 15. I think last year we even brought in like 20 new guys. Um, things will things will bode well. And as long as we trust the process and kind of everything that we have established here and our standards, I mean, the right things will end up happening and we'll get players. So can't really uh, rely on getting the whole team back, but just kind of, backfilling and bringing in more talent is always what we strive for. 
Now, is there any chance that we can see uh, you come out of retirement? Um, you know, I, I, I think the my ability to play is is still there. I did suit up for the U.S. Bank game. Um, I mean, I think if I really uh, trained and put in the effort, I I definitely think I I could still play. Um, but just the reason that I stopped after 2015 was it just gets so busy on on game days, uh, especially home games when you got things going on in the booth and people reporting to fill different positions and you got concession stand and chain and there's just so much stuff going on that trying to warm up for the game or prepare or, or even during the game um, it's just difficult to make sure that everything's kind of running on, on full cylinders or full capacity whereas the game that we had at US Bank Stadium they covered a lot of that stuff for us so there really wasn't much time commitment that was needed out of me which kind of made it available for me to be able to play. So um, I don't think that I'll, I'll end up playing just because of the, some of the commitment that's needed for the ultimately the greater good of the team, getting things going on, on game days. And, you know, I will say that uh, uh, I did join the Invaders when uh, we won the championship when we went undefeated, and it seems like whenever I – whenever I help out a team, they always seem to win the championships. Like, you know, not, I, of course I'm not taking anything away from uh, the invaders itself, but I'm not saying it was all me, but you know, anyway, you know, also during the summer here in Fargo, you know, you mentioned you're competing against, but you know, you're also competing against the, uh, the FM Red Hawks too. You know, they, they always have their giveaways on Saturdays and whatnot, but you always, you do have a big, great fan base and it's a passionate fan base but if our listeners want to come out and check out the invaders let us know where you play at uh what time the games usually start and how they can get tickets and how much the tickets are sure yeah and, and i'd say our our biggest competitor for for fans I, in my opinion is is just the lake season there's a lot of a lot of seasonal people that live in fargo that head out east to the lakes of Minnesota for, for the weekend. So I'd say that's a big draw. Um, and also, as you mentioned, the Red Hawks. Um, I, can't do, uh, I think Jordan's on with us. If he's supposed to be calling, he's on now. Okay. All right. Uh, continue, Matt. Then we'll uh, have our caller ask you a question. All right. Sounds good. So, so yeah, then uh, with the Red Hawks, obviously they're, they've been around for over 20 years, 25 years now. So they have a they have a big draw, and usually if they have a, a Saturday game, it's a it's a night game. So there's competitors there, but yeah, we do have pretty good following. Um, usually average around 500 people a game at our home games. So um, pretty good in terms of of our league. Um, we play Saturdays typically kick off at 6 p.m. Uh, all of our games are at Shanley High School, which is well at, at the time or for the past five years has been really one of the only turf fields in the area. Um, but now Fargo South actually just added turf this fall and then West Fargo and Fargo Cheyenne will be adding turf this summer. So it's going to open up some opportunities for us um, to ultimately look at other locations if, if deemed needed or, or even looking at Concordia they've upgraded some of their systems um, and MSUM added turf a couple of years ago. Um, so there's becoming some more options for us, but um, Shanley's been a good home. 
um, in South Fargo for us. So that's where you can find us Saturdays at 6 p.m. And how much are tickets generally? Um, so for the past few years, we've done adult tickets are $7 and kids are $2. And if uh, if our fans wanted to uh, uh, come out and, uh, you know, if they're interested in helping out the uh, the invaders uh, with anything that you need help with, uh, is there opportunities for uh, other volunteers to uh, – are you always looking for people, or uh, are you pretty much staffed where you want? No, absolutely. We're always looking for people. I mean, there's always there's always things you can do within a, a football program. There's little things here and there where having one or two extra hands definitely uh, adds to it. So uh, if anyone is ever interested, they can find us on our website or send an email to contact at fargoinvaders.org and – uh, we'll certainly uh, try to get you lined up with, with something that fits well and overall just try to kind of better our operations. And if uh, you also have uh, you also have a raffle uh, where uh, you sell tickets uh, and you help uh, the invaders uh, with funding for the season, are you going to be doing that again? And uh, when would that start so uh, our fans could come out and buy some raffle tickets? Yeah, so every year we have did a raffle. Um, so we have about $12,000 worth of prizes. Uh, a lot of it's from Best Buy, uh, but then other area or local places in the area as well. Um, so raffle tickets are $20. Um, typically sell about 1,100 tickets, and that's, that helps fund our, our season. Um, so, again, some of the expenses of field and buses and and everything that there's a lot of expenses that go into into running a, a football program and especially a, a quality football program that we strive to do and, and be. Um, so a lot of people just hear football and see football and think, oh, every football team is making millions of dollars. Well, that's really not the case. I mean, we're we're finding ways to earn money through the raffle and through other fundraisers and player fees and things like that, and um, pretty much break even every year. So even even last year we were ended up short by five thousand dollars on the on the overall year. So I mean it's it may look like we're successful in what we're able to do and gain, but uh certainly always trying to find ways to fundraise money because ultimately all the money that we do bring in goes right back into the program and being able to better practice facilities, um and everything of that nature. Like this last season we've we had every practice at our home field. So with that there's additional Kind of field rental costs and, and things like that. So, again, no no players, no board, no coaches, no staff members are paid. So any additional funds, whether it's through the raffle or uh, sponsorships, things like that, just goes right back into bettering our program. And uh, real quick here, we got about three minutes here left with you, and we do thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us tonight. We know that uh, you are a busy man being the president of the league and president of the, the football team, but uh, has it been known if uh, my all-time favorite wide receiver will return for this coming season, uh, Bounty? Um, last I've heard of, uh, I, everything's kind of indicated that he that he'll be back so um i haven't i haven't heard otherwise um so obviously he was uh up for league mvps uh absolutely special player in our league and um ultimately i think the mvp race came down to him and 
the guy who was throwing him the ball, Javante Johnson. So um, Javante ended up winning the MVP, and um, John was definitely one of his his favorite targets on the year. So um, I know everything sounds like Javante will be back, and I haven't heard otherwise from from Bonnie. Um, and if if it ends up there, John does end up hanging it up. Then I mean, hey, we. We well, certainly appreciated his time with us and it'll open up some more opportunity for other players as well. So kind of that next man up mentality if if not, but hopefully from everything I've I've heard so far, Javante and John will both be back. And what I like about John Bounty and for people that uh, watch football, I would compare John Bounty to Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings. Would you agree with that comparison? Um, yeah, I, I'd say John is a He's quick, just like Thielen, and great route runner. Um, he's able to get some of that separation that you can see from from Thielen, and I think even even more so in in our league, um, John's able to kind of exploit some of the smaller corners at times. Um, so really, even just like with Javante, our quarterback, able to kind of throw it up on a on a go route or fade route, he has that that trust that John's going to be able to go up and and get the ball either by out muscling or out jumping or just creating some separation at the end. So, see, so yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And I will say one thing also about John Bounty being on the uh, sidelines of the our opponents many times running the chains, it seems like all, a lot of the players all have the same question. How the heck did he catch that? You know, I mean, he's just – spectacular when he when he makes a acrobatic catch like he does. I don't think anybody does it better than he does. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he makes definitely makes some circus catches and ultimately does whatever he can or has to do to to come down with the ball and uh that leads some some very uh successful catches and successful plays and highlight reels. All right. Well, we're uh we have uh Matt Pensick is our guest. We're going to wrap this up. If uh, our fans wanted to check out the Invaders or check you out or get in touch with you or find out more of the Invaders, uh, you guys got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a YouTube. What do you guys got out there? We have all the above. And um, you can just find us at Fargo Invaders at, at all the above, as well as our website, FargoInvaders.org. Awesome. And we uh, want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight. And, uh, I don't know if you're able to do it, but uh, we did get a few uh, messages in uh, wondering if uh, you would be willing to do some autographs for giveaways. Uh, We have passionate fans that love autographs, and uh, maybe you might be able to uh, do that for us if you could. Uh, That shouldn't be a problem. Awesome. I'll uh, get you the address and the details, and uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us. You've been awesome, Matt. We thank you very much. Sounds good, for sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Have a good night. You too. Matt Pensnick, ladies and gentlemen, president of the Invaders, president of the Northern Elite Football League. What a nice individual. What a great guy. And uh, he hired the icon, so I guess you can't really uh, discount that too much because he knows talent when he sees it. So... Uh, sorry, guys, I didn't mean to take up the whole interview there. Uh, I'm sure you guys had questions, but I apologize. I'll have to make it up to you at some point. But uh, uh, Is Jordan on with us? I certainly am. How's it going, man? 
I'm doing pretty good. You know, I listened to a great blockbuster show that you provided, Matt Penzik of the Fargo Force. And, you know, I guess before we discuss professional Fargo wrestling, right, Fargo Invaders, um, you got to think that this is a semi-pro football team. You never know where that next Fargo Invaders player is going to go. There has been times where in semi-pro football, people have made it to the National Football League. And there's been cases where teams in semi-pro have signed people that played in the National Football League to get their game back together. Uh, it's a very underrated team. It's a very underrated program. So please check out your local Fargo Invaders football game. And we have a lot to discuss in the wrestling topic. Um, Roman Reigns, for one, that's insane. Uh, we can discuss that later. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much the first thing on my mind. Um and I guess the other things we can discuss, too, uh, very briefly, is uh, the icon, uh, as always, co-host here of Attitude Era Live, is on every Sunday on Cut the Promo Wrestling Podcast. But enough about that. I heard you guys pop it off earlier in the program. Uh, what's going on with Roman Reigns? Is there an update on the situation? Well, yeah, um, yeah well, to, to kick off the show. Well, okay, one at a time. Who's, who's going to tell Jordan? <laughs> you, you go ahead. I was going to say, are we playing rock, paper, scissors, or what are we doing? Okay. Um, no, in, in the beginning of the show, uh, Roman Reigns, you know, was in the ring, and he informed everybody that he has had an 11-year battle with leukemia and that it's, you know, back again or whatever, and that he's taking some time off to fight the disease, and he's got to vacate the title. So... I mean, one of two things is the case. Either he actually really does have leukemia and he's taking some time off, or this is one of the most morbid uh, creative team storylines WWE has done. But either way, Roman uh, Roman Reigns is no longer the champion. Uh, and now, 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 Jordan, did, tell me here if this if this is a, doesn't scream mediocrity. The vacant title, the vacant universal title, is going to be up for grabs in a match. At Crown Jewel, which is another wonderfully boring pay-per-view name. Crown Jewel. No, I, could, I don't like what WWE is doing. And before we go into that, I do not like what they're doing with the uh, pay-per-views uh, in the Middle East. Uh, not because I'm not against it. It's just because of the way um, wrestling rules and traditions kind of interact with culture. And not to mention, if you guys can go on YouTube, Chris Jericho gives a thorough explanation why he wasn't a big fan of it as well. Uh, they're too long, they're too overdone, and, you know, the wrestlers, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but they don't like going there because you can't drink, you can't even get food without it being a lineup, and the, the airport uh, that Chris Jericho is explaining is that it, there's not, like, a separate gate that you go to. Like, you can even go up to the fucking buttfuck north and have separate t- terminals up to Nunavut, and there'll still be other terminals. In Saudi Arabia, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you're waiting in a line with thousands of people, and if you're a WWE superstar and you're waiting in that one line with everybody else, and you're consistently being pestered for pictures and autographs nonstop for two hours while waiting for a flight, um, so hopefully WWE is not just breaking even and they're paying bucks doing the uh, Saudi Arabia tours, and I hope they're paying their wrestlers well. Um, as well, for the here's title. the thing. At, at, at Crown Jewel, do you know the match? Do you know what match I'm about to about to tell you? I just got home from work, so you can feel free to fill me in. Oh, all right. Well, obviously the the leukemia situation with uh, is a terrible situation, but 
the title has been vacated. It is going to be, <clears throat> and I and I go. I wish I wish I had a drum roll uh, sound effect. Here. It is Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. Yes. Yep. For the vacant oh Universal God. Title. Braun Strowman have... versus Brock Lesnar. Thing up, like honestly, someone could squat on a piece of paper with a crayon up their ass and create something like that. Yes, yes, that that yeah. had no that had no wow factor at all to it. In fact, as soon as Roman Reigns vacated the belt, I knew that it was going to be those two that were going for it. Yeah, um, that's insane. Like the thing is, is that you know WWE is gaining fans, and that's gaining fans, but. If you can't put together, you know, we've seen the same old and we've seen the same old and we've seen the same old. Uh, it's good to still see that, but you got to mix in some of the new. You know, even making it a triple threat and adding a superstar that deserves that, at least a shot, um, would make just a, you know, even if it was... I would was, say like, do like a battle royal type of thing. You know? It's terrible. You know what they did with the great Kali? Remember that back in 07? That was I think they, I not think the they greatest did, yeah. in the company, but at least the concept made it exciting. That there's a 40-man battle royal, and the winner is your new champion. At least it kind of adds some speculation of, like, oh, who's so it going to be? Who, has, you know who, do, you, who do you think would have more, more impact? Who's leaving right now uh, has more impact on the company? Roman Reigns leaving for an indefinite amount of time. We're not even sure because, you know, he said – he said he will be back, but he did not have a timetable. Um, Roman Reigns leaving right in the middle of the Shield storyline, being one of the only guys on the roster that's worth a damn. Um, Roman Reigns leaving or Edge retiring as world champion on SmackDown. Who do you think leaves a, a, a bigger ripple effect through the company? Last year, medical well, of course, I have to say Edge. Um, and that's for all the fans as a whole. If you're looking at just the children watching the product, of course Roman Reigns is gonna. That's gonna affect everyone. Um, why Roman Reigns is such a draw is, and you have to thank. You get. You kind of gotta get mad and thank at the same time. Uh, and of course, one of the, some of the most important fans of the business are the children. Um, how this whole PG era came about. Um, that's when Roman Reigns started becoming a star and started rising. So, I don't think Roman Reigns. I think it was basically the younger audience that made Roman Reigns what he is. So it's going to affect a younger audience. Might, Of course, there's older Roman Reigns. Oh, but it's going to affect the younger way more than the well, older Democrats. Here's my thing. When you're a WWE superstar, it's kind of like being an NFL football player, an NBA basketball player. Those medical staffs, they know everything about you. When you sign a WWE contract, they know everything, all the way down to, I mean, they they basically can count your your blood cell count. I mean, they know everything there is to know about you. And Roman Reigns has, you know, went this long. Apparently, he said it's been 11 years. He's went this long with leukemia, and nobody's found out about it until now. I, I find that to be a little a little suspicious as well. So the question I don't know. for you, that's the work finish. Well, I believe, Big Swing, I believe he said that it had been in remission for all those years, and it recently came back. 
he did say that in the in the yeah, but but, but, the, but, but the fact so. that like they would have known that it was in his body, they would have known that he had it eventually at one point in his life. Like these medical staff know well, yeah, all this stuff. I, I, I'm just surprised yeah, it hadn't been leaked to this point. Well, but if something's in remission like that, I mean, you know. Usually... I mean, if this were the if this were the Attitude Era, I wouldn't put it past it. I I wouldn't put it past them to have this be a work um, kind of a thing in the Attitude Era because they they did a lot of stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But uh, I, oh, honestly, yeah. I feel like I feel like with I the current state that. of the company. Yeah, the current state of the company and the current state of, of, of the sensitivity of, of the community, uh, I, I don't feel like they would have risked this being a work. Uh, right. Hey, guys. So, again, Mo- Roman, hey guys. I, I, I do feel for you, bud, and I hope, I hope he gets better soon and, uh, you know, we can come back to kicking ass. But, Icon, what's up? Well, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, toying with the idea of doing a show on uh, December 27th, but... Uh, since you know you'll be doing your karaoke and Granny will probably be doing her uh, um, Elk Lodge uh, or Moose Lodge, Moose Lodge. Yeah, Moose Lodge. Yeah. Uh, Moose. How does December twenty-six work for you guys? That's the Wednesday. Wednesday's fun. Wednesday works. Okay. For me. That I will. Uh, I will try and get us guests then on the twenty-sixth. Because I have I have people that are banging down the door wanting to get in before April. <laughs> You know, well, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, but I know we will discuss a little bit of this more in depth. I'm gonna try to calm in <clears throat> now that my schedule is freed up a little bit. I'm gonna try to call in the Jordan show at one point uh, here, so we can talk a little bit more uh, about this situation. Yeah, I'll let I everybody know real quick. We have yes. uh, we have three guests next week. We have Rebecca Love, Natalina Corvino, and we have Jason Saint. Another three guest nights next week. Yes. You know, I am totally with it. And we will see you next week. Again, uh, I am getting the thumbs down sign. I got to get the hell out of here. Stay tuned. Monday night football coverage. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.